Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder here at Generations, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend and the lead pastor at Generations, Mr. Jeff Luddington. And we are continuing our series on questions from the classroom. And uh, we had asked a few weeks ago for people to send us questions if they wanted to add them to our list. And we got a question from a loyal listener who wants to remain anonymous. So we will make sure that happens. But here's the question. Shout out to beep. (laughs) We'll just beep out the name. There you go. There you go. So here's the question. A great question. Very timely. If a Christian gets vaccinated, does that mean they don't trust in God's sovereignty to protect them? It's a great question, very timely, but uh, just to clarify here, our response is focused on the idea of if a Christian wants to get vaccinated, does that show that they don't trust in God's sovereignty? It's not about whether you should or shouldn't get vaccinated. Yeah. So let let me put up two kinds of people that can hear, that that, uh, need to hear this maybe is the way to say it. So... If you're an anti-vaxxer because you think it means you are not trusting God if you get vaccinated, then this is for you. Not because you have a, uh, a religious reason otherwise or a, um, a medical reason. That's different, right? And if you are desiring a vaccine to, to be vaccinated and you're wondering or not, does this, uh, wondering whether or not this means you lack faith, trust in God if you get vaccinated. So it's that's the edges. This isn't a vaccines are right or wrong. I'm sure it'll drift into that a little bit, but that's not what it's about. So uh, that's good clarity. Now, last week, Rob, you let me fly solo. In fact, you encouraged me to do so, and it was a phenomenal success <laughs> from what I can tell. So uh, let's see. Now, I've given you a little responsibility this week to pick out passages. I mean, I'm, I'm letting you spread your wings and fly here. So we're going to see how this went. So with the vaccine question, does it, can you get vaccinated or does it mean you lack faith? However, you said that very smooth and smartly earlier. What passage have you picked out for us today? Well, actually, I was talking about this with a uh, colleague at school and she brought up this verse. And I wait, thought wait, wait, wait. Like... I gave you one job <laughs> and, you, and you farmed it out? I did. You asked yeah. another. That's All good right. leadership right there. Come on. So... Yeah, I like to call this passage the snake on a stick. Oh, sounds like dinner. It does, doesn't it? All right. Uh, So Numbers 21, 4 through 9. From Mount Hor, they sent out by the way of the Red Sea. What mountain? Mount Hor. (gasps) Sorry, man. You keep giving me these. I I actually picked this one, so You can't can't blame me for this one. Yeah. (laughs) So they set out by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses... Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole, and if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. 
So I picked that passage. Again, I recommended by a friend. I did. But so my question is, does this verse give us any guidance as to the faith, lack of faith issue when it comes to vaccines? So good. So I love this passage. Um, It's one, and we're not going to get to this point, but if you're listening, this is a great foreshadowing of Christ on the cross, and, and I hope we get a chance to talk about that on a future time. But um, first off, the people are sinful already, which is true of us too, right? Us in our modern day setting where COVID is a reality and and everything else. I mean, uh, in fact, if I could just say this, so I didn't sin and cause COVID and you didn't sin and cause COVID. It's not a one for one, but the reality that we have COVID or the reality that we have cancer or, you know, drunk driving accidents, it it, it, now, that's you could make a one-for-one argument with drunk driving, but sin in the world, that, that we live in a broken world, is the result, or, or it, sin in the world is the cause, or because we sinned and disobeyed God, death is a reality. And so it's important to start out with the idea that, that death is a reality that is caused by sin, but it's not necessarily my sin that causes this thing. It's not a one-for-one, uh, you know, you say a curse word, therefore your kid is blind. I mean, it's not, it's not that, right? But the people are sinful already. They live in a, a sinful world. That means they're all going to die. But in this moment, they're incredibly sinful. Like they're speaking out against God and against the leader that God gave them. So he sends these little fire-breathing dragons. Or I don't, okay, fiery serpents. So Rob and I were wondering, does that mean fiery, like when they bite you, it burns, or are these little fire-breathing dragons? So I'm going with fire-breathing dragons just for fun. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and killed them, right? So they're sinful already. It's not their lack of faith, for sure, that's the issue. It's their lack of faith in God in general. But then they have this plague among them, which is relevant to like COVID among us, kind of, right? But they go then to Moses. Hey, Moses, ask God to make this stop. So they're not abundantly faithful to begin with. But they do go to Moses kind of like a, to a doctor. Like they go to a human source of s- solution, if you will. God tells Moses to do this thing where he creates a, bon- a bronze version of this serpent, puts it up on a post. Then when the people look to it, then they will be healed. So those that don't do that die, and those that do that get well. And so there's a relevance here to medicine, right? God has given us people in our lives who will help provide solutions, some natural or, or, or synthetic remedies. And we'll talk about that in a little bit in another passage you chose. But they don't go immediately to God. So they're not good examples of faith or not faith. But what I would say about God's sovereignty, God's sovereign. God is going to do what God is going to do. Our choices don't really impact that. Now, we can live in faith they're not doing that in the beginning, but then God provides a solution, and they, those that look to the solution in faith, do live. And so you could make a parallel to vaccines today. We have doctors and people, and, and this becomes a really slippery slope argument. Like, okay, if I have a headache, am I lacking faith if I take Tylenol? Or if I have cancer, right, like this was your example when we were talking earlier, if you have cancer and you go to chemo, does that mean you lack faith? So I don't think that faith, God's sovereignty, not trusting in the system, the things that God has given us, I don't think that's the conversation that's being had here. Right, and I think that, uh, again, that passage 
gives us some ideas mm-hmm. on the fact that, that God does use other things. Sure. Right? He doesn't just say, I'm going to heal you. There are times... We talked a little bit about Passover and just the idea that you had to put the blood right. on the doorframe. You couldn't just say, oh, I'm going to ignore what God says in this. And, and it was anyone who did that, right? Israelite or not. It, the call was, anybody who does this will be fine. In fact, earlier in an earlier plague, there are some Egyptians that heed the warning of, I think it, it might be the hailstones or something like that, and they go inside, they don't die either. So there's this, this opportunity to take the, I'm just going to switch to remedies or, or solutions that God provides, and there's no reason to think that God doesn't provide medicine or doctors or other things. And that if we do that, it's not a reflection of our faith, it's using the resources God has given us. I was thinking about this when we were talking about earlier. I just had a a friend of mine, he actually leads uh, Acts 29, uh, come here. You and I were recording on a Sunday afternoon. It was a rare time. We typically do this on Thursdays. It comes out on Tuesday. We're here on a Sunday, but I had scheduled him coming and picking up a donation that Generations was making to Acts 29. So he comes here after preaching at another church. Now, the part where this is relevant, he had been preaching uh, a few weeks in a row for this other pastor who was a, a kind of a COVID denier, kind of no mask, no vaccine, no, no nothing. And he was preaching from him because this guy got deathly ill from COVID. Now, God's sovereign. Okay, and as far as I know, by the way, the pastor lived and is doing better now, but he had a very, very severe case of COVID. Now, God's sovereignty didn't change, right? God is still God. COVID is still COVID, right? The only thing that changed in that story is probably how that pastor feels about COVID. (laughs) He probably feels very different today when it almost took his life, right? So God's sovereignty is not in jeopardy here. And God provides alternatives or options for us, doctors, things like that, vitamins, whatever you want to do, right? But our faith in God is separate. I think that our faith in God is not tied to how we pursue health. Great. All right, so here's the second passage I picked. Now, this one I picked out. Didn't delegate this one. This one's not going to be as good. This is the first one that came to my mind in this question was Matthew 4, 5 through 7, uh, talking about Jesus, then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. And on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again as is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. All right, so I gave you one job. Pick out (laughs) passages uh, and, and sound silky smooth. I guess that's two jobs. The first one you farm out, and now I have no idea where you're going. So... Why, what does Jesus and the devil have to do with the vaccines? Are, are you saying that vaccines are satanic? I am saying that Jesus <laughs> knows the sovereignty of God the Father oh. and decides not to do something reckless, dangerous, okay. just to prove that God will, will protect him and save him, that he doesn't put God to the test in that. Okay, that's actually much smarter than I thought it was. Okay, so... Jesus, Let me write that down that you said that. That is, it's recorded. We won't edit go. this out. Rob said something smart. I'm going to say it again. I'll, I'll enforce my comment. He said something smart. Okay, so here's the deal. So Jesus knows better than anyone, I'm sure, about the sovereignty of God, right? Jesus knows 
yeah, Jesus is God, so he knows the sovereignty of God. And yet, so let me, let me do a little math here, a little verbal math. So Jesus knows God is sovereign. Jesus knows that God has sovereignly ordained that he will die on a cross. So Jesus could theoretically throw himself off a mountain knowing he can't die because God has ordained that he will die on a cross. Okay, all that would be true, theoretically, and yet he doesn't take that risk. And I think that's a great parallel to us. So I still know God as sovereign, and I asked you if I could say this earlier, you and I both got vaccinated, right? And so I'm vaccinated, you're vaccinated, and yet we, that we never doubt in God's sovereignty. I, I believe God is sovereignty, but I'm not going to run naked down the middle of a freeway, right? And I don't know what me not being dressed has anything to do with anything, <laughs> but you get the point, right? I, I, I still don't, you know, lick the, you know, doorknob where there's germs. I don't, because God is sovereign, I still, I still act safe. Like we, I still put on a seatbelt, you know, uh, you know, you go to the doctor, you get, you know, checked out, you get your health exams. God's sovereignty isn't a, a release from our doing right things. Uh, same idea, God is sovereign, doesn't mean I'm going to go drive drunk. I mean, like, whatever the extreme examples are, sovereignty is an excuse for us to not do what is right, what is safe, what is healthy. Does that make sense? Is that, is that coming out right, minus the run naked down the freeway part? Yeah, it's a mental picture that I'm going to have trouble ignoring the rest of this, this podcast. This is why we do a podcast and not video, there for sure, there right? There all right, so what else you got, man? Anything else? So that was a good one. I liked that one. That was a, a bit of a curveball. Really right. good. So last one. This is uh, from 1 Timothy 5, 22 and 23. Okay. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. And then this is Paul still talking to Timothy. In parentheses, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. Okay, so I know exactly where you're going with this one. That was so clear. Good. All right. So Paul gives Timothy some advice. And now he's writing a letter to Timothy. Paul is a minister of the gospel, a, an apostle, and he is the mentor of Timothy, who is also a minister and is working with the church in Ephesus to put them in line. He's saying, put in order this church, right? Okay, so he is working alongside other elders, and it's in the middle of that conversation about elders that he speaks to Timothy, and he says this line, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. So Paul, who clearly understands God's sovereignty as best as any human can, Speaking also to Timothy, another leader, a guy of faith, a man of faith. We know Paul trusts Timothy's faith because Paul's the one that sent him to that church. And he says, listen, man, when your stomach's acting up, have a glass of wine, which this blows up the people that say, you know, the, the legalist that says no Christian should ever drink alcohol ever, right? Paul actually just suggests it as a remedy for his stomach issues, right? So that parallels us going to a doctor and a doctor saying, hey, take this, you know, uh, you know, take this for two weeks, it'll help you with your infection, or whatever, right? Wine isn't a natural thing, wine is a fermented thing, it, it comes from grapes which God gives, but it's fermented, it's made, it's changed, right? And so taking something like a, you know, whatever, a synthetic medicine, you know, it's changing the elements that we have and putting them in order to something else, I think that's still something that God allows us to do. It's in the middle of a conversation that's super interesting. 
the don't be quick to, or, or don't be hasty, it says, don't be quick to lay on hands. He's talking about elders and leaders. And uh, I know not everybody knows this, but in a few months, you're getting ready to move to Flagstaff, Arizona. And I'm going to have to find another podcast co-host, which is not going to be easy with your brilliance and passage picking today. So, um, but also you're an elder here at the church, and so likely we'll be looking for other elders. I don't want to pick somebody who's way over here like, oh, if somebody takes medicine, they're not trusting in God's sovereignty. But I don't want to go all the way over to the other side where somebody is like, paranoid and, and, and hey, if you don't take the vaccine, you don't love people, right? I mean, like, we want to find somebody who can hold all the different views or passages of Scripture that shape a value or a, a biblical viewpoint. And I love that it comes in the middle of this. He's like, hey, don't be quick to lay hands on people, because when you put hands on, when you ordain them as a leader or give them a microphone, other people are going to listen to them, and we don't want them to be misled. And hey, by the way, if your stomach's still bothering you, take a little medicine, drink a glass of wine, right? It's such a balanced approach to God's sovereignty, our faith, leadership, understanding Scripture. It's a very balanced, balanced approach in that. Yeah, and I believe Paul's had a good friend who was a doctor, so he, he was did. probably using that as some Luke the doctor. doctrinal advice. There you go. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to making decisions about, not just about vaccines, about anything, and we're talking about trusting God's sovereignty... right? Is it okay to just say, you know what, God is sovereign, so my decision doesn't really matter, it won't affect anything? Like in the area of, of picking an elder. Mm -hmm. and I like the fact that you said, and people heard this, you were going to have to replace me with elders. Oh, it's going to take four or five <laughs> just to cover your job, so, yeah. God is, so can we just say, hey, God is sovereign, it doesn't matter who you pick to replace me, they're going to be fine, because God will make them fine. Can't, yeah, rock, paper, scissors, you know, kind of duck, duck, duck elder, right? So yeah, that would not be a good practice, right? Hey, if God is sovereign, any person we pick is going to be a, a stellar elder. No, that's not very, that's not very wise, right? Um, do you know of churches that do that? Yeah, we actually, the, <laughs> the church I came from, they would try to combine discernment, right? You want okay. to discern what is wise, what is the best. So they, we, would, we would let the congregation pick elders or nominate elders, and then the elders, the elder board would Correct. then go through them and, and make sure they were worthy candidates, but then they would select more than we needed. We had a set number of elders, okay. and they would put their names in a, in a hat, box, whatever it was, bag, and they would reach in and pull out two out of three names if they needed to. So kind of so trying Jack to... in the box, or elder in a hat, or... So, okay, I got kind it. Kind of trying to leave, I mean, trying to include sovereignty and discernment. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay is irrelevant. Uh, so whatever they do, God bless them. Okay, so... Matthias is, is this story in Acts 1. At the end of Acts 1, Judas has betrayed Jesus and has gone and committed suicide. He was the 12th apostle or disciple or whatever you want to say at that point. And so they try and replace him, and they do. They come down to two people, and then they functionally like flip a coin or rock, paper, scissors. They, they draw lots, cast lots, to see which one goes on. And there, some will tell you this. You never hear from Matthias again. It's true. As soon as they say his name in that story, you never hear from him again. That doesn't mean he wasn't great. But we do get, later in Acts, we do get Paul. Paul is sovereignly spoken to by God, is made an apostle by Jesus himself, right? I, so I don't know right or wrong. I, I, would, I would probably not cast lots for an elder or you know, flip a coin or arm wrestle. You know, Arm wrestle would be fun, but whatever. 
But I, I think there's a sense of balance in that. It's a congregational nomination. The existing elders are taking that list and whittling it down. And when they get to three, but they only need two, they kind of let, in a sense, God choose. And the, the only thing I would say about that is this. That passage exists before the Holy Spirit fills those leaders, right? I hope we as elders, because we don't draw out of a hat ever, I hope we as elders rely more on the Spirit and on Scripture than whittling it down to some good candidates and, and literally drawing them out of a hat. Now, again, I'm not criticizing that church, um, because I know lots of churches that do that, uh, but I would say that the Spirit within us uh, ought to drive from three to two, which two is it, you know? Um, I know we don't have time today, but I want to say this. Wisdom literature, we were going to, if we had time, we're going to get there. The entire book of Proverbs is a book of truisms, a book of wise sayings that are not promises, like, you know, if you do this, then God will do this, like a promise, like a messianic fulfillment. But it is very wise, and I think the Bible encourages wisdom that we take all these values that God gives us, discernment, sovereignty, that we take all those things and we create wise ways to live. And that inside those wise choices, we are embracing our faith and what God has given us here on this earth, and that it leaves us being wise. When it comes down to vaccines, if, you, if there's no medical reason you shouldn't, you don't have some conscience issue, then get vaccinated, you know? Love your neighbor enough to be healthy for them, or whatever it might be. But no, it would not be a statement about your faith just because you got vaccinated. Great. Yeah, I hope we, we made that clear for everybody. I'd also like to point out that our goal here is, is to use the Bible to help mm -hmm. us make wise, godly decisions, not to make decisions and then try to use the Bible to support mm, our side, good. right? So we want hey, to thank you also for also a very oh. smart point today, Rob. Wow. wow. Also very good, man. You're making it hard to leave, man. <laughs> is, that, is that the idea? <laughs> Hopefully. So uh, we want to thank you for listening. We'd like you to share, like, subscribe. Uh, again, this was a question we got from our email, questions at generations.email. Send us questions there. You can also send in your resumes if you'd like to be the new co-host. <laughs> We're going to draw you Attention out of a hat. Jeff would be the way to go on that. Uh, so we will release another one next Tuesday, and may God bless you this week. <laughs>